0: Well, he took his pants off so that he took the picture away.
1: You know, and you got to think life was a lot harder for a lot longer. So I mean, there's a lot more reasons for people to be looking.
2: That's the night I threw up in the Trader Joe's parking lot.
0: Did. I came back and I felt like a million bucks. It was all awesome. get rid of the bees. <laughs> well my satanic uh, ritual did get rid of the bees. Okay. Or it might have been the big wad of turkey that I threw off into the forest a little bit away from camp and just drew it all over there. God. I had no idea they were so carnivorous. Like they devoured like a couple slices of deli meat in a couple hours. Like it was crazy. Bees? Bees. That's Weird, so that is so, know, 2020, you, son.
1: I don't know where I heard this story, but uh, there's you know, basically talking about how ancient cultures would see things as being, um, you know, of God, and one of the things that they would do, I, I think it was in India, primitive culture. This is an anthropologist, somebody's there, and you know, to them, they would every meal they would take. A portion of their meal out to a certain spot that was considered to be like where you would lay your food
0: Mm -hmm. and they would
1: put their food out there and then they would go back home and then eat right and then when they would come back the food would be gone and so to them you know the gods got their part of it and they were blessed and there was no problems now they said these people would believe that if they didn't do that their punishment would be that the, the god would send insects and shit like ants <laughs> into their house to, to screw with their food and everything else and so this guy goes out there and you know does some visual like I want to watch what happens and what's going on is what you're describing the ants and the insects would eat it out there and uh-huh. then have no need to come in the house to, to get anything and if you didn't put it out there they were going looking for food they'd come right in the house and, and it's funny to, like, I heard that story, and then I live here where there's squirrels is a big issue, and they're a problem. Oh, really? And my na- yeah, my neighbor was like, if you don't want them in your house and you don't want them screwing up your stuff, have a a feeder that you have, like, for birds, have one for squirrels. And sure enough, it it works. They stay in the trees, they eat the stuff in the trees, but they if they don't feel like they have enough, they go to the feeder, and they stay mm-hmm. out of the houses instead of making a a hole and getting in your roof.
0: And so it's was. kind of a
1: cool old Southern wisdom. That I, I, I get a kick out of, you know, and he looked at me kind of square funny when I was like, I'm thinking about putting a bat box up in that tree. Dude, I'm like, going to
0: build a bat box.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah he, like, he doesn't get it, but I have a mosquito issue and uh, that bat box would take care oh, yeah. of a lot of that. Dude, that's hot. Yeah. Brooke, Brooke seriously wants a bat. <laughs>
0: dude natalie makes me watch bat videos all the time there's like these australian bat rescues and we're always watching that shit
1: does she have the one where she gets a bat rescue yeah bat butt bat butt yeah like there's this one out there where people are like that somebody somebody takes care of bats at a zoo just sends a picture of a bat butt and brooke (laughs) thinks it's the funniest shit ever
0: (laughs) our ladies are great
1: to, you know,
0: yeah. It. yeah, well, you guys want to do we'll this? Music. shall we? Um, so yeah, so let's let's, you guys want to, shall we? Let's, we do this. It?
1: yeah, dude, you kidding me? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, whatever you want, man. I'm ready. I'm I ready. think I, I, you know, three, two, one action. <laughs> I thought, uh, you know, I thought, I thought like you guys did. I mean a thousand under the bridge references came to mind in that text chain when you were
2: like, these are the three
0: that <laughs> And this is what he chose? You no, know, I couldn't believe
2: wait, wait, before we start, should we like do the intro or what?
0: Yeah, we're gonna do an intro. Should we do a little intro? Okay, oh, okay. In my in my yeah, uh intro? Out, oh, nice. in my outline I actually have like, you know, the title and then we've got chit chat and then the intro. So we okay. we've, we've sufficiently chit-chatted Got kind of caught up
1: By I hate myself yeah.
0: I, <laughs> I
1: hate myself <laughs> So
0: funny um, right, <laughs> So uh, I am really excited to do another episode of this I mean it, This one in particular It seemed like a no-brainer But welcome back to Ruminations From here in the depth of the Red Room I am your host, once again, Mitch Proctor, and I'm joined by returning guests, Mike, call me Arvig, Arvig, and Charlie Triple C. Langley. We're back. Uh, <laughs> there okay. they are. Well, uh, we're well, back well. to talk about uh, Tom Reynolds' book, I uh, Hate Myself and Want to Die. And we are, uh, while it's all in fun and um, very tongue-in-cheek, um, I still believe there's a lot of heart. I think I mentioned it in a couple episodes. Like, I think this guy is reaching out a little bit, even though he's like dogging a lot of these songs. But I think when we th- look at it, sometimes hurt is best addressed by that that best medicine which is laughter so making fun and having a good time with it is kind of intentional it's kind of the point uh so this episode will be covering chapter four is that where we are guys
1: i think so i believe so
0: the title of the chapter is if i sing about drugs people will take me seriously but let me just <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> what's that
1: yeah, it works for me every time.
0: <laughs> so before we begin, uh to my distinguished panel, let me ask you guys, music and drugs have always gone kinda hand in hand. Uh more so than say like music and water sports, you know? So what <laughs> No, you're right. What do you, what is the connection there? What do you guys think? What are your opinions on that? Um go ahead.
2: Mike? I think that you've probably got a lot of uh lot of artists there who you know they've uh, we call it a double-edged sword right like they're incredibly talented and yet with that talent there's something that comes with it that either drives them or you know causes them to see kind of the the dark side of things right we've seen it before in like say comedians sure uh like rob robin williams people people say guy was brilliant and yet had kind of a a tortured life there. Not really the life itself, but, you know, just some of the things that he went through, the demons he had to fight. Um, there have been numerous other comedians that I could think of. And I think the same probably goes to like telling musicians, you know, they have these, these tortured souls, so to speak. And this, this might be what allows them to tap into that vein of humanity that we can all relate to uh, through their music.
1: Yeah. I, 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 uh, I mean, yeah, I'd agree with all that. I think I don't know if it's everyone, you know. I don't, I don't know if uh, I don't know if the
2: Dixie Chicks are tortured souls.
0: Oh, that's
1: but,
2: yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> probably some that aren't quite as tortured, but the Dixie Chicks probably aren't souls. going out no, getting I mean, drunk, know. you know, like well, getting getting high all the time. Uh, well, so this is of
1: kind of where that... I want to go. I think, I think, I think you know, it's what we love about our drugs and alcohol. They kind of remove uh, that anxiety or that inhibition. I think that's mm-hmm. the start. I think uh I think if you're a creative person and you're already you know hyper creative and then you add those elements into it I think that's kind of super old right it goes back to um what was the greek uh uh you know where they would inhale the gases from the earth and go on a trip or whether it was the indian cultures like american native indian with peyote and rain mm-hmm. dances or you know it's there's a, there's a connection mozart bach i mean they're all kind of Effed up and on alcohol or something, and it's Elvis Presley. I mean, it just kind of goes hand in hand. I think if you're what was, what was Elvis's
2: that, drug of choice, was it food?
0: He was <laughs> with he, a lot of liquor, and no. a lot of uh,
1: what, he was on amphetamines, right? the yeah. thing was amphetamines. So I don't. I think um, I don't know. I think that's kind of one of those things that go. No matter where I imagine it might have started, the one that popped in my head the most, like. like brilliantly was native americans and rain dancing and 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 mescaline or peyote or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think uh so you're saying
0: my issues are kind of like genetic
1: yeah yeah (laughs) in a way yeah no i mean if we get deep about it they are to some extent all of us are to somewhat like genetic and i think with musicians you know you said earlier in the open that um you know it's all in good fun a lot of times i don't know if i'm making fun of the guy putting together the list as much as i'm making fun of sometimes the musicians you know Ooh, I, yeah yeah i mean i think in, in and
2: yeah, i think we're doing a little a little bit of both they're a little making bit of fun both. of both the musicians at times a little bit and both. yeah like, I, the guy who put together I'll, the list
1: and i'm a fan of billy joel and, and <laughs> it's interesting to hear <laughs> like a song like that and and um
2: well I'm did you see the album cover songs. for that yeah
1: i did the, the picture of it. Billy
2: Joel on the album cover is just creepy as hell.
1: But yeah. I mean, it's sort like, of a you know he's sort of this melancholy guy, even in that song. And but it's you know it's so dated. I don't know. I, I, I had well, yeah, this, we'll like, get
0: there. Yeah, we'll
1: get there. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think it goes hand in hand. I think I think most artists are are like that. I don't know about like what would you imagine Celine Dion's drug of choice would be? Like prayer, painkillers, or a
2: prayer. Or, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think it's gotta, I think it's gotta be painkillers
0: oh uh, like she's like she's like after some of these songs that
2: i've done they took off and she's like i can't stand them i can't stand them anymore i hate myself for having put this song out so yeah i'm sure she's a real hard type of prescription some type of prescription over-the-counter drug.
1: yeah and i mean look i think that comes think about it man if you're if you're a, a depressed uh anxious person in ancient times and maybe you're a little creative but you, you're shy or you don't want to get it out there and you start sure. taking on a real hard you know drinking habit or 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 um what was the opium you know like mm-hmm. you go into those areas you you might you'll throw it out Well, there, from my know? own
0: experience you know i i always felt the drive to perform i love music i wanted to be in a band i learned how to play because i wanted to be in a band but then, when it came right down to it, some of the first performances I ever had, like I was so so nervous, I couldn't even sing one time, my throat just kind of closed up couldn't couldn't utter a, a note and then uh, at one the like in high school, everyone's always thinking rock kids are always drinking and smoking and things, but I was actually a pretty clean kid in high school until uh we a battle of the bands we had a Battle of the bands, and I was shitting myself nervous so sad. <laughs> what?
1: No, that, that Scott Pilgrim scene, Scott at, Pilgrim. The battle of the um, where the guy this has is, a this is, song. This song is <laughs>
2: entitled, I am sad. So very, very sad. And then he just
1: goes, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, so cow. sad. <laughs> and then he ends it. He goes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Isn't there another one where we, we hate you and we wanted you to die or something like that too, that they perform. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was.
1: Yeah. But that whole, Thing was great.
0: They they uh the the connection to the relaxing and be able to connect with the muses definitely kind of reared its head and then has never really gone away. That was the first time I drank in high school. My drummer's older sister gave me a wine cooler before that battle of the bands. She's like, here, you just need to relax. We won the Battle of the Bands. We did. So that was awesome. Um I took a couple notes. Because this topic has always been interesting to me, the drugs and the music and loving like a lot of the songs that were about drugs, even with drugs that I've never in you know, ingested. But I thought it was really interesting. But a study that was published by addictions.com, because you guys brought up the Dixie Chicks, found that country music actually tops the list of all genres when it comes to referencing drugs, to drug references. Country music number one, talking about cocaine, well, mess and drinking.
2: I was going to say they're probably talking about drinking all the time, but they they reference cocaine and meth.
0: huh? And weed. Yeah.
1: I just just saw a story about Tammy Wynette being an addict, and that's why she died at 55. Oh. You know, stand by your man.
0: Yeah. But strangely enough, as much as we love our songs about drugs and drinking, um, starting in 2013, drug references in music, popular music, rap, rock, country, have all started to come down. We're not singing about drugs anymore, not as much as we used to. So I thought that was an interesting one too.
1: Since when? What year? Twenty
0: thirteen.
1: Two thousand thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's kind of I mean, strange. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do we not tie this? What was the drug that you think people would? I don't know. I got to argue that. Okay. Because the drug, the drug that rap would go with and hip hop would go with through the '90s and and through the uh aughts was weed right it was always about smoking weed once weed became legal on the west coast or you wasn't hard to get it's like i mean look snoop owns a (laughs) weed company mike tyson owns a weed
0: company
1: (laughs) i'm not kidding yeah i mean so it's it's not there's no there's no like uh uh controversy there it's not hard to smoke everybody smokes your grandma smokes you know what (laughs) i mean Nobody, nobody's gangster anymore. Everybody's doing it. Yeah, everybody's doing it. It's not. It's pop culture. It's not.
0: So is that about the time it started happening? So that's you think around then.
1: Well, because I think that it's harder to rap about other drugs, right? I mean, I think that you do. And to my point, Migos has one that's about Percocet. It's about Molly and Percocet, and so like that's the drug that's sort of taken the place of it is Molly. Yeah, and you hear about that and a little bit of pop culture and stuff, but you know, it's just not. Og, to smoke weed you know it's, it's it's like it's it's khakis in the gap now man yeah it's abercrombie and stoner you know it's not a everybody's kind of more into that culture right it's not it's not uh illegal anymore no really. risque
0: there's no illicitness if that's such a word so it's just no. become normalized but why has it always been tied is my is my my generalized question i mean oh going back to what when when was the term wine, women, and song? When did that come about? Because then it became sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's just a flip of that kind of the same saying. But it's been around since the dawn of time. Getting in touch with the muse it through mind-altering chemicals. Wasn't
2: wine, yeah. wasn't wine, women, and song in the Bible?
0: That's what I'm saying. I think that's a, a biblical reference. And we know that that's all true.
1: People have yeah, been trying never been to liberate themselves for as long as there have been people. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't matter where you go to. It's part of us. And I think we can kind of say right now, it's not like depressed people or people with personality disorders or people with addictive problems. They didn't start showing up in the 20th century.
0: Nope.
1: You know what I mean? So it goes back forever. And I think that, you know, you're going to have people that are already drawn to it. They're going to get a taste of it. They're going to go hard at it. You know, and you got to think life was a lot harder for a lot longer. (laughs) So there's a lot more reasons for people to be looking for that stuff. And I, there is a Joe Rogan episode where he goes into this a little more and we should probably, I could probably try to look it up, but there is a, a smart ape theory Mm -hmm. about, about evolution. It's the craziest thing because it basically proposes that apes came out of the trees and started eating everything on the ground including psychedelic mushrooms and that the psychedelic mushrooms and the trip that they went on is what started a routine for them and started growing and expanding their mind and and whoa (laughs) i know i know you think i'm ridiculous no that's it
0: that's interesting
1: that's that's, interesting thing yeah like have you ever
2: seen a dog going after a lizard somebody told me one time that dogs around here eat lizards because they get high from them.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I,
2: that might. Be I don't true. know if that's true, but I, I certainly know it. that my dogs are always trying to catch lizards. Hmm.
0: Well, I think you mentioned earlier too, uh, Charlie, about, you mentioned Mozart, um, Mozart very famously into a lot of alcohol use. Tobacco. Yeah. Japan was, uh, into opiates. So it goes back forever. And there's nothing new under the sun when it comes to sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Mixing drugs and rock and roll is just kind of how it goes.
2: Do you think that's why those people like, you know, Mozart, like Beethoven, they were considered like kind of on the fringe at the time? Like they were rebels, they were upstarts. Same thing as like, you know, the, the... the rock from the eighties, like a lot of that was kind of on the fringe
0: and I could see that. Know, people I mean, we're all upset about that. Nice society. Didn't wasn't, uh, didn't condone it, but I'm sure they still did it behind closed doors. Just like in the eighties. Well,
1: I, I think they very much did. I think the high society had, had a way bigger access to it. So mm-hmm. they abused
0: it they more, had the money for it.
1: Had, and they also had the ability to hide it or get taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. it got, it got, it would always get dropped down, but like it, it's part of that, no matter where you look in the world. The, uh, the theory is called stoned ape theory mm-hmm. and it's um, he basically believed that psilocybin mushrooms were the evolutionary catalyst from which language projective imagination the arts religion philosophy science and all of human culture sprang this is from Terence McKenna um, basically let's see let's go back here. but that's a good description of it that psilocybin mushrooms uh, is what. It says, imagine Homo erectus, a now extinct species of hominid that stood upright and became the first of our ancestors to move beyond a single continent. Around two million years ago, these hominids, some of whom eventually evolved into Homo sapiens, began to expand their range beyond Africa, moving into Asia and Europe. Along the way, they tracked animals, encountered dung, and discovered new plants. So this is kind of a long article but it's uh terence mckenna it's called stoned ape theory and um basically it says that the two sort of found each other and that um it sprang a lot of our evolution which if we're gonna go back to what you know what ties arts and stuff together i mean it may just be that that was always going to be the way that it was yeah you know but check it out for those who are interested. Stoned Ape Theory with Terrence McKenna. It's a really cool read.
0: That sounds cool. So, I, have you ever looked into the bicameral camera. mind? I'm sorry, what was that?
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on the bicameral mind. That's oh, really interesting. Isn't it stuff. interesting? So I yeah. I can see
0: how this could be related, quite honestly, because, you know, you're hearing voices and that becomes consciousness. It's It's interesting. Wow. We took a no, real it's, weird it's, turn.
1: Well, but you know, it's not so much um it's not so much that different, right? I mean no. it's 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 really it's just a stretch. I just happen to have that stockpiled in the back of my ridiculous information stack that I keep right about here. Uh-huh. And it just kinda occurred to me. So it happens to really like
2: drugs and knows a lot about them.
1: Uh <laughs> some of them, not all of them. Uh,
0: Well, the earliest, like, popular reference, like, in lyrical music that I could find specifically to drugs was uh, 1933 Cab Calloway doing the tune Reefer Man. So that was the earliest that I could find.
1: Do you think so? I mean, I would think that you could probably find something like some old Irish pub song. (laughs) It's about alcohol, wouldn't it be? Yeah, that would, you know, you're right. There's,
0: yeah. I mean. Yeah. No, you got a good point there. So I'm sure there's something earlier. That would only really make sense. Stuff. A little, uh, little Irish jig. Wow, that was really uh, judgmental of you, sir, to just immediately go to the Irish and they're drinking.
1: <laughs> I'm so terribly uh, racist <sighs> yeah. and xenophobic. Yeah, that's stereotyping. No, you know,
2: we don't do that.
1: So to kind of pull us back to our song list here, I think when you have people who are repressed, who don't know how to express themselves and they're in a sad state or they're in a place where they're seeing something that's overwhelming them because it's sad Mm -hmm. and they start drinking or inebriating. I think in those moments is when the creativity gets a little easier and you get some of these songs. I think it kind of goes hand in hand that people sort of have these sad tunes and, and, you know, it sort of, ha- it makes a, a good environment for that kind of creativity.
0: It's very fertile. I think that's why I never uh, did anything really huge with it because when I, when I drink, I just get happy.
1: Well, it's funny, right? Cause well, that so means you solid.
0: can't feel feelings I, until Well, until I can't feel feelings, I drink till I can't feel feelings, but when I'm at the front row and I've got my whiskey and I've had a couple sips like, honestly, I'm never really more at home and at peace than in those moments. It's really a great time connecting with the muse, listening to the tunes. I've got my beverage. Awesome.
1: Yeah, but I think that, like, depending on w- where you're at, like, oh um, yeah, you know, I, I I think it's interesting. Sad songs, happy songs. I think sadness and anger are like you don't see people. I don't know how that would work. Like I could, I would love to talk to somebody who, who like really is a, like a, like a death metal lead singer yeah. like to be like, what do you do before you write a song? Do you drink a, like a double espresso? You have like three monsters. Do you drink a bottle of whiskey? I mean, what gets you into that spot? He, you know, you, we might be surprised. He might say, I eat three pieces of cheesecake. And like, <laughs> We don't know, you know. We don't know. That's an emotion that we don't connect to easy. But when you think of sadness, you think, yeah, alcohol. When you think of uh, fucking happiness or cool or mellow, you think weed, mm-hmm. right? And when you, well, think I don't know. In
2: today's society, cocaine, like sugary snacks cocaine. and stuff, could be yeah. a drug. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, think I mean, about yeah, like I mean, like, uh, like obesity week, in America, man. It. People drown their sorrows in food nowadays.
1: So yeah. I guess that song's the ice cream truck.
2: <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> it's the
2: it's the no. candy man the candyman can from like uh like Willy Wonka in the chocolate factory.
1: But well it would, kind of going back to Billy Joel, I mean he was a that like you said, that picture on that album cover, I mean the guy was such a, a a sullen I mean a lot of his songs. I mean when I was thirteen and felt like a tortured soul, I was listening to Billy Joel for some reason I have no idea. But a lot of his songs are these like, hey, we're never going to make anything of ourselves. Let's make a beautiful song about it. You know, I'm living here in Allentown. You know, I really could have made something of myself if I only had a chance in Hollywood, Piano Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, it, pressure. You can't handle pressure. Uh, you know, it's all these, you know, I'm, I'm a piece of shit kind of attitude songs. And they speak right to my soul. I love them. I know every <laughs> word. And I love the guy's voice. He delivers it well. But, you know, you have to think he wasn't smoking weed and singing these heartbreaking melodies.
0: You know? He was drinking. He was drinking. He
2: was drinking. Yeah. yeah. Was Obvious, drinking. Obviously, like Piano Man, you know, he was in a bar playing.
0: Yeah. And that's what CNC people do, right? They're
2: looking at how that affects they're all there.
1: That's his whole tune, right? Yeah. They're all there looking for a moment away from all of their mm-hmm. strife. You know, and I think that's kind of this, the beauty of the book in general is that everybody can kind of identify with the, what he's saying there. What he did well is come up with a good concept. Mm-hmm. You know, when you hate yourself and you want to die, <laughs> these are songs that will find their way to your radio. Yes. And it's true. I mean, and we all have that moment, whether it was a breakup, something humiliating. Right. Mike realizing it's not going to ever get any bigger. I mean, these are moments we all find time to listen to sad songs. It's true.
2: It's true. I love you, Arvig. I had to go there. Uh, sure, whatever,
0: dude.
2: <laughs> well, I was just going to say, like, I'm not sure where this guy came up with these three songs specifically. Maybe I don't even. Maybe should either. name off just because, just because yeah. like, like you know, Billy Joel, sure. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, sure. But then the third song he came up seemed really kind of obscure. Yeah, that and weird. I, there's so oh. many other songs out
0: there. It is obscure, but it's a real bummer. It's it's definitely a bummer. It is, and kicked off a whole. It's kinda... Go ahead. I was gonna say it's just
2: got a strange tune to it, though.
0: Hmm. All right, so uh, for the ruminators out there, these are the tracks, just so you uh, can get caught up and build your playlist around it. Uh, so the first track is "Captain Jack" by Billy Joel, published 1974. The second track. Let Her Cry by Hootie and the Blowfish, 1994, top billboard spot, made it to number two, made it to number two with that bummer, and Sam Stone, John Prine, 1972. And we're going to go ahead and take a listen to these and uh, give you guys our thoughts and reflections on them.
1: I struggled with Let Her Cry since the day it premiered. I've always had a problem with that song.
2: You cry when you hear it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the first time I heard it, I I had a problem. I have a problem now. I didn't like it. I don't like it. It's not good. Not to me.
0: All righty, so, Uncle Charlie, why don't you count us in and we'll hit play on this Captain Jack song by Billy Joel,
1: 1974. I ruminators, get ready to listen to this song with us. Captain Jack by Billy Joel in three, two, one. Anytime now. <laughs> oh, I didn't say play. Play.
0: Oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> Again, thank God for for editing. Can you guys hear that? Yeah.
2: Right there,
0: the tie dye jeans. So that seems a little judgmental. The closet queens,
2: right? Well, it was 1974.
0: (laughs) So, is he talking about Captain Jack like rum?
2: That's Captain Morgan.
0: Oh, Captain Morgan. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah, I tend yeah. to think
1: that that's a person.
0: Yeah? Like the yeah. dealer?
1: Yeah.
2: Well, see, I didn't know if maybe that was a street term for some type of a drug they had back then. Like, you know, instead of Crank, Smack, you know, now they got Captain Jack.
0: Crack, Boom, Power.
1: Look, the, mm-hmm. when you think about Billy Joel, Captain Jack is a dude at the bar mm-hmm. down the street who's got a pocket Probably. full of
0: you know. when he talks about a push just a little push tonight makes me think of them shooting dope
1: yeah like there's there's a different thing going on there yeah for sure
2: we'll see And there Charlie sitting at home and
0: masturbating <laughs> not much else to do
2: That's right what's wrong with that
0: <laughs> no, oh, no
2: judgment charlie See this is it's weird to me this lyric, lyric here about picking your nose <laughs> talk about somebody all dressed up and then they're gonna pick their nose I don't know if he's just that's his way of saying that every, we're all the same doesn't matter how you dress it up
0: I think it's a really bad sloppy cocaine reference
2: picking your nose that's pretty good you know I guess I'm just not as like uh, as, as up
0: on you're not on a street as street as me you dude you're just not street I'm, I'm street. not as
2: street as you yeah totally not as street <laughs> See, and this you is know, dark, right? They just found your father in the swimming pool. Dude. This is just a downer, man. It's a, dollar, man. Yeah. This song is a major downer.
0: Well it is a book full of sad songs.
2: Sorry, I skipped ahead.
0: You skipped ahead.
2: Yeah, I was I was on the wrong verse, like Uh-oh. where he's like talking about his dad, finding your dad in the swimming pool.
0: Yeah.
2: See, this is interesting, right? You have everything, but nothing's cool. is also a long song for what I kept
0: talking about. You know what? It's a it's a really long song. It's longer than uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Is it really? Yeah.
1: Wow! I did not put that together.
2: You know, I just knew I, it. Felt like it took forever to end.
0: It's still taking forever to end.
2: It's so true, it,
1: it is. Though, like, uh, like I hate when someone loves like love songs. What about this? This is not necessarily a like. It's it's almost like it's not about something sad. It's a song. I don't know how to explain this. I'm saying it incorrectly. Like sometimes when it's a sad song and you feel like you're sad and you want to go to a place, mm-hmm. this would make me feel worse. Like it wouldn't make <laughs> me feel like I could relate. It would be like if somebody was like, "Yeah, I know you're really having a shitty time, but hey, let me tell you about." kazakhstan you know it's like what
2: <laughs> but, yeah they
1: just make it, it worse this, this well i think it, look out it. That it sense, charlie your are you're all dressed up you say so you got everything but nothing's cool you know in that you, sense, you know though doesn't mean? it go
2: along with the title of the book then
1: i think this is myself
2: and sense. i want to die
1: see i think i thought it was a song for if you already hated yourself not if you were looking to hate yourself. This song is one of those things that helps you get there just like a little more quickly.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, this is relevant today, today's, today's world, when it says you're 21 and and your mother makes your bed, still makes your bed. Like all those people living at home.
1: I mean, look, if we wanted to, if we wanted to make it current, we could say you're 28 And your mother makes your bed That's That's fair, more accurate
0: Like he almost Sounds like he means something now though And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how I feel about this song In a second, but like right there he's almost Conjuring some emotion
1: Yeah, but I don't know what that emotion Is, right? Is he disdainful of this Whole thing? Is that the uh, The, that hard uh, Yell about Captain Jack
2: I don't know. Maybe Captain Jack sold him some bad drugs
1: You know what I think he missed Kinda like out Kinda like Smokey and Friday name. I think he should have called it Captain Smack
0: Captain Smack
1: I think You know what I mean I think the name of the thing has to be Cause Captain Jack just is a little too weird for me
0: yeah.
1: Captain Smack
2: Yeah like I said I don't know if that was the name of a person I thought it might have been street slang for the drug of choice
1: I just don't know who the audience is for. I don't know. You're not going to listen to that song about when you're sad after a breakup, in my opinion.
0: No, I'm I, i going to go on record right now saying I really don't like that song. I don't have anything against Billy Joel. I know you are saying you are a fan of him when you were younger. I respect his talent. He's a skilled pianist. Like he, He's got some really great tracks that I'm like, oh, I like it. But yeah. this song drags on. It drones. I don't feel anything. And then when he tries to conjure some emotion, I'm just i just not buying it i'm just constantly waiting for that song to end you? you know like too yeah. little too
1: late maybe he was working too hard and it gave you a heart attack maybe he was taking
2: captain smack at the time you know, or it's... captain jack i mean
0: <laughs> i mean i get like he was trying to say something sad and but it I sounds mean, anthony's like
2: anthony's
1: reference there and everybody just let it go right by them <laughs> you made a what reference Anthony's song from Billy Joel. I said he's working so hard it gave you a heart
2: attack. <laughs>
0: we're not the Billy song. Joel aficionados you are, sir. Not I, I'm not either. Yeah, sorry. But I do
2: know the song he's talking about,
0: though. <laughs> oh, sorry. We we were gonna, and I'm gonna just give a shout out to uh, to Nikki who was going to be our surprise guest tonight. So I guess I could have oh. saved it. I could have saved it until another episode and surprised you guys, but but unable to make it this evening. Uh, we were really looking forward to having her on, but uh, she's one of my favorite people in the world and also one of my favorite music fans. So uh, coming up on a next chapter somewhere down the road, she's definitely going to join us, but wasn't able to make it this evening.
1: I have a guest suggestion for you too, Mitch, an old friend of mine who, yeah, is a musician from
0: her past, a vocalist and piano player. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. Yeah, is this the one understand. that you forwarded me some tracks? Yeah. Yeah, I really like those tracks a lot. Um, un- unfortunately, we got I got those, and my life got turned upside down, and I moved to Colorado, and just got kind of lost in the jumble. So well, I've always intended to try and reach back out and apologize. Oh so, man, no, send my man, apologies. I think been busy no big deal it's been an interesting time cut all that but
1: yeah i mean look yeah please but yeah the i again not real not real happy with that song i think um what would you say? Can you think of a song that's like that? Like it almost reminds me of like the morose Tom's Diner of the seventies.
0: <laughs> You're gonna have to explain that because I love Tom's Diner. What do you mean by it was the I mean like Tom's thing,
1: Diner you know? too? I love Tom's Diner, but you know the nature of that song is like there's a woman on the <laughs> counter, you know, like Yeah, that and rhythmic like, repetitive she's just sort of describing what's in front of her I mean it's obviously a more creative and happy fun song I love that song but you know he's sort of like you said it's not I don't know what ties all those different things he's saying together I don't know if they're all the same person I don't imagine they are I think he's you know he's looking around him is the way I imagine it is seeing the things that are around him and they're all he's just nihilist he's just being a dick (laughs) taking the piss you know he's taking the piss out of the the place he lives and the people around him it's not like usually i think when i think of sad songs there's a purpose there Mm -hmm. this song doesn't seem to have any purpose but to paint this this description of of life where he's at as being hopeless or meaningless or not enough of and you know.
0: I think that's but why it doesn't know. resonate. because there's, cause there's yeah. no emotion. It's like if I were just telling you a sad story about this guy down the block, and but I just I don't know him, I don't care about him, and there's no way to identify with him. Like it just, just no one cares.
1: It reminds me of a mean girl kind of bit, like the the chick going through high school, ragging on everybody, just deflating them. Like the yeah. whole point. Like oh yeah, I see you got new clothes for Christmas. Well, you obviously got them on sale. You suck. <laughs> like you know, that that's just popping everybody's red balloon. Everybody's that—that's that, whole whole purpose of that song is just taking the piss out of things. Yeah, it's over.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that's it's done. over too. I uh, never let's... Billy Joel again. <laughs> you know what's sad too is is Billy Joel reminds me a lot of a good friend of mine, uh, or we were good friends long, long ago, and we we did karaoke together all the time, and he did uh, Piano Man like constantly he did like, it was kind of like one of his, his go-tos and he did a killer piano man, you know, fantastic. That's a
1: great great vocal. I mean, it's a great vocal. I mean, I love that song. I like singing that song. I have grown to be be really annoyed with that song, (laughs) you know, but I like the, the, the tune, you know, it's very good.
0: So our next track Is Let Her Cry, Hootie and the Blowfish, 1994. Now, I'm going to take a stab here. I'm going to say each of you guys both own this album. Come on, let's (laughs) be honest. Uh, Um, Yes, I did.
1: uh, I did not own this album. I did. Don't lie,
2: Charlie. Come on.
1: I own the single because at the time. This single? You bought the
0: single? No, let me tell you why. Why did you
1: buy the album? Because, let me explain. At the time, I was doing wedding receptions as a DJ. It was part of my gig. And so I would go to the customer's house, and I would talk to them and get a playlist. And then I would give them... They wanted let her cry? I'm not kidding you. I got the weirdest requests that you would ever imagine. (laughs) And I had these. When I didn't want to buy the album, I would buy the single. You know, and I would take it to play whenever they wanted me to play it. And they were you, people have weird associations with songs. If you, you know, it's true. Mean, if you're a DJ, you will get the craziest requests in a moment of happiness. People will be like, This song will rock. And you're like, that song's about yes. butt sex, man. Like, you understand <laughs> what they're talking about? You know
0: <laughs> that Superman lyrics. song.
1: Yeah, I mean that's they don't understand and they don't care. They just want to have their good time, you mm-hmm. know. So I had the song. I had a single. It was in my collection. I hated it. But there were times I had to play it. I chalked it up with songs like Boot Scootin' Boogie. Okay. okay I had fair. to play that too. I had that single. I didn't buy that album. I wasn't a Brooks and Dunn fan.
2: Well, see, now I got to ask this big is the question, Charlie, and it's getting a little off topic, I guess. But like, what is the weirdest song you ever had to play at a wedding? Yes. That didn't belong.
1: <sighs> that didn't belong.
2: Man, I mean, and you could say you can say letter cry because it definitely <laughs> yeah. is not a wedding song.
1: No, it was, <laughs> you know, it, you get rock from the 80s. I got a lot of that Def Leppard. Pour some sugar on me, stuff like that was funny. Well,
2: that just makes sense. But, I mean,
1: come but on. the one that was the Gemma. most awkward is I had a grand not a grandmother, but the mother of the bride tell me to play anything her son wanted. Her son <laughs> had to play a toadies song at a wedding reception. I mean, think about that. A Toadie's song at a wedding reception. So I'm there. I, I mean, I don't know how to say they always sung that. about murder. That's the point. They mm-hmm. always sang about murder, and so you got to think I'm playing fun. People get on the dance floor, stuff, right? A lot of a lot of seventies for the older crowd. A little bit of delight, a little bit of different things. A lot of mellow, like middle ground area for the you know stiffs in the in the audience. And then this guy comes in and wants me to play Tyler, which, by the way, is a specifically violent song, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I go and so I mean I remember going to his mom and being like look I don't think you want to play this song and she's like oh how bad could it be (laughs) so I start playing it and right about the time where the lyrics are (laughs) like talking about how he broke in and he's looking in the fridge and he's pressed against the bedroom door that's when people were kind of starting to walk (laughs) to the table (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing is at that point i'm i'm at fault right it doesn't matter filled
2: the dance floor
1: no nobody was dancing he was laughing his ass off because he knew what he was doing (laughs) he knew exactly what he was doing so he did it on purpose oh he totally did it on purpose i've been to a lot of weird weddings though i did (laughs) i did uh i did a a wedding where um um like a muslim family and a jewish family and that was awkward. They there was a lot of uh tension. I don't know why. Can't tell you it had anything to do with their religion, but it was just an awkward moment, right? Um let's see, what else I've done? Uh there were language barrier ones, especially a lot I was in Texas at the time. So a lot of where the in laws spoke Spanish and then the other side of the family Whether it was bride or groom didn't speak any Spanish, and they were all sort of looking for a way to communicate. And nobody thought about that, right? And the bride and the groom are busy, so you can imagine how that sound play, how that playlist went. I mean, it was all over train
0: wreck everywhere.
1: Yeah, because I mean, if you had one play Rico
2: Suave, four or five
1: (laughs) songs, then the other crowd would be upset, right? Like it would, it would go really. It's really hard to make those kinds of shifts. But yeah i heard wow. some weird
2: stuff yeah that's crazy man that's crazy i can see that like at weddings like weird things going on but hootie and the blowfish i agree like let her cry just i don't know i guess i could see where people might think just because the way that the tune plays that maybe it's not a sad song and if you don't listen closely to the lyrics maybe it sounds like it might be
0: but he's talking about crying but he talks about crying, crying for like five minutes everybody's crying He's crying. Hey, She's cry crying. Oh, okay. Let her cry. She's getting married. Let her cry. Is that what you think yeah, maybe they're thinking? Let her cry. Okay. That could be what it is. I don't know.
1: What do you think his position is as far as singing that song? Like tell me what I'm missing. What well, inspired that song to Yeah, let's take a listen to let's it. See, let's take a listen
0: to you. you Count us in.
1: All right, guys. Huh? Here we go. Let her cry. Already playing. <laughs> getting you real quick. Three, two, one. Here
0: we go. <laughs> post yeah it. that's pretty deep she's trying to find that thought that just escaped her mind yeah I like this line though I gotta give oh. him this line oh
2: Stipe's not far behind yeah
0: Stipe's not far behind I love Stipe I love it R.E.M. man you gotta oh, tell me that cool. Stipe that's gotta be R.E.M.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure it probably is. I'm just thinking she's got daddy issues.
0: So she only tells him where she's been when she's had too much to drink. So when she drinks, she gets real confessional with him?
2: Could be. Some people do. But he doesn't care. He's just going to run his hands through her dark hair.
0: He also doesn't sound sad. (laughs) Charlie's over there already (laughs) laughing. He's just like... (laughs)
1: I have this image of this apathetic, emotionless psychopath three inches from this woman's face, and she's crying, and he's like,
2: Why do you cry?
0: (laughs) Why does it cry?
2: Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Yeah, it's
1: something I could never do.
0: This guitar solo sounds... So bored too, so sad. Yeah. It, All yeah. Right, I'll that just was that was the era though. I'll just appreciate some
1: yeah. How dare you. Edie Brickell had an awesome guitar solo in there Dude,
0: song. Edie Brickell, nice call. I loved Edie. Uh,
2: yeah. Yes. New Bohemians? Awesome. Yeah, baby? Yeah. Paul Simon's wife.
0: So he's he's singing about a lady that might have some issues with alcohol. And now to, to solve that, he's gonna go have a beer. I'm just saying that sounds a little bit incongruous.
1: Again, I, I'm asking you to tell me what is the guy's position singing in this. Well
2: line. he doesn't he, maybe he's just tired of dealing with all of her stuff, all of her issues, you know. They've gone through it before, she's been in and out of rehab, he's always there for her, she walks in, obviously she's mm-hmm. fallen off the wagon one more time, and he can't deal with it. He didn't know what to say, he just sits back down and has the beer feels sorry for himself.
1: <laughs> I started thinking
2: you were going to start
1: interjecting some personal stuff in there. You're like, yeah, then she told me to come home and not work out. And then he just had to have a drink.
2: Right. What's that? What's that movie? Uh, Brookback Mountain? Wasn't there a line in there or something like, I Can't Quit You? Is that, is that where that came from? Somebody who's a big Hootie fan, they're like, listen to this song numerous times, and he's like, oh, he just can't quit this girl. <laughs>
1: I I don't know. Is it Blowfish that made you think of Brokeback? I don't know what made that. Where's the connection, bro?
2: I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I can't quit you. He can't quit her.
1: I don't think he's trying to say he doesn't care. I mean, like, I
0: don't yeah. know what he's saying. No. That's my Maybe that's it. Maybe he just doesn't care. He's like, dude, just, I'm going to have a beer and feel sorry for myself. And I don't care. Just let her cry. And let her go. Yeah, I mean, let her do her own that, thing. I'm, I'm done.
1: That's kind of where I was mm. getting at. Is he just seems to, you know, who cares? Again, another sort of apathetic.
0: And see. She's not. Cha- okay. But see, she's the same girl that you fell in love with long ago. So she has changed. She hasn't well, changed. I can't believe she's. No, oh, okay. no, he said I oh. can't believe she's the same girl. So she's changed. Yeah, yeah. Like I see her
2: now, and I can't believe it's the same girl that I loved all those years ago.
0: So this is mourning. This is kind of a song of mourning of like, well, she's not who she once was. It's letting that. Yeah,
2: obviously the drugs. The drugs got her. Like she's probably like you know, running like eighty nine pounds. Like
0: got missing teeth. At that just. Matt smile.
1: Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe yeah. she's hiding the addiction, and he's the only one who knows about it. Is that what? Because that's the only thing I can make sense of the line: "If the sun comes up tomorrow." Like that's a that's about the only deep line in the whole song to me. You know.
0: You don't think crying like the rain falling is deep? You don't think that's deep? That's that's uh, a hard reach, man. Like.
1: <laughs> a tough reach, right? You know, how do you get there? All the way there?
2: No, I, I really. I thought it was very emotional when he called out for his mama.
1: The sun comes up tomorrow, so if she, I don't know if that's supposed to imply if she makes it through the night, you know. I don't Do you know if letter that B mean? means just I'm gonna gonna walk I out on know. her. He, again, he it's hard to connect to these songs for me. I don't know anybody that I've never met a person that told me or that felt this song was uh, any anybody that's ever explained the depth of that song. I don't like that song. It is a bad
0: song. <laughs> you know what, though, you loved it at the time. <laughs> this is a bad song. <laughs> it's sure it's sad, but it's a bad song.
1: Eh, it's a bad song, man.
0: If it came on the radio, <laughs> you'd skip it.
1: I hundred
2: percent. No, I'd to listen it. to it.
1: Would you? No, I, I listen to
2: that. Charlie would
1: no, totally listen to it. No, man, that's on a playlist with one headlight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, other, you mean other... you haven't set up your one hit wonder playlist yet? No. no. They were more than a one hit wonder. That album must have sold ten million copies course, at least.
2: It was a monster. Oh, there were a monster. there were a couple other good songs on the album.
0: Yeah. Were there were like, a
2: couple other songs is? I listened to, but I don't who
1: know what they are now. The Dave Matthews. Well, they were
0: also oh, I I hate guess Dave, Dave Night- Matthews. <laughs> this is nineteen ninety four. This is Combating the grunge depression era that was kind of right around that time, this was a real different sound, considering all the grunge that was kind of yeah. rolling the airwaves.
1: Yeah, I mean, grunge was hard, though. I love that. That was yeah. Different where,
2: would, where would Toad oh, and Sprocket
0: fall between like grunge and Hootie and the Blowfish? Dude, I love I love Toad. Are you, are you like, talking some shit so about do Toad? Why? I'm just okay. asking where do they fall. That's alternative. That's just straight up. Like, and the the word has gotten torn and thrown around a lot, but. That was back when alternative yeah, was, music was alternative. That
1: was back when it was a section at your C D store. Yeah. That's when it had meaning. You had some toad, you
0: know, some Jane's that. addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Dada.
1: Love Dada. Yeah. Man, I remember those days. I'm you know, you imagine that. You don't go you don't that's something I think is is hard. That you know, there was a weird little identity piece there that would go for me for going into a record store or a cd store or strictly cds or whatever and finding like a section where you could try something and, and really dig into the section almost you know mm-hmm. like i don't know Let's uh i remember those days never to happen again
0: oh <laughs> that's sad what about material Issue? you Mitch guys ever sat. you guys ever rock some material issue no Never heard of them oh well bad. you, we- have, to, you have to send me some stuff I will. We we covered two so- two uh, material issue songs in my high school band. <laughs> I'm surprised cool. you guys didn't run into them. If you liked, to, uh, you know, run into some Toad every here and there. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike. No, I never,
1: never came across them. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: Sorry, dude.
0: Jeez. Sorry. So, right, I know, right? I'm not even drinking here. tonight. I
2: don't, sorry, I don't know material issue. I'm sorry, dude. I don't know what's wrong with you me. Know, you
0: you're tonight? not drinking tonight has definitely played havoc on this episode's uh, general vibe. And I think the ruminators out there would agree. So when you guys get an opportunity to review and rate this episode, make sure you comment on Mike's inability to get right. with the program and have a beverage while we talk about music, particularly music that has to do with drugs and substance use. And he's not you even know, sipping a bourbon.
2: I would the say... Wife, the wife know, put when me when put on a diet, man. She's called me Fatty McFat Fat. When we Put her
0: action, on the phone right now. What do you website? mean?
1: <laughs> when you get the website going, we will have a survey of Sober Mike likability <laughs> and Drunk Mike likability, <laughs> And we'll see the like the Venn diagram of where those two start crossing over, see how many people like Sober Mike, how many people like Drunk Mike. And how is your wife going to call you fat and put you on a diet? I thought you were working out like five days a week, bro.
2: I, I have been working out. She still says I'm fat. What can I tell you? She said you're fat. Yeah, I told you, man, she calls me Fatty McFat Fat. Hurts my feelings. You guys are, are making me so sad right now. And then put you on a diet? No. We're just, we're just trying to eat healthier for like 30 days, so I'm helping her out with that. So oh, I you... committed to it. Um... So for 30 days, nothing with sugar in it or anything, so I have to cut out the alcohol, too, for 30 days. You know, you should have told me you know, we that could that have
0: rescheduled make... this. We could have just postponed it. Canceled. I'm sorry,
2: dude. I'm sorry, dude. I thought Herb Herb I could do doesn't... it. Herb doesn't have sugar.
0: It becomes sugar.
2: The, I, the, the, the whis- sugar. the whiskey I have, the whiskey I have vodka does. doesn't have sugar. It's true, vodka doesn't.
0: It's not yeah. part of Whole Thirty. You can't, you can't do alcohol with Whole Thirty. Yeah. See, I can't do Even alcohol vodka. with Whole
2: Thirty. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm being a good kid. I'm, I'm sticking to my word. I told her I'd do it, so I'm doing it. But once that thirty's over, I'm gonna reward myself with some alcohol.
0: I just bought a peanut butter bourbon.
2: Where have hmm. all
1: of my? How was that?
0: It was long? actually, it was pretty sweet. It was a little bit, but it was fun. It was, it had like some nice toffee notes, like more. They're than really
1: gotcha. hard on a few of my podcasts that I listen to. They're supposed to be pretty good. Which ones? Peanut butter or peanut butter whiskey?
0: Oh really? My the one that I got was from Screwball, or that's the one. Yeah, Screwball. Is that it? Yeah. Really? Oh, okay. So I'm not that cool. I'm just behind the curve. I'm not, not neat at all. I thought I found no, something it, cool. It,
1: you're it, pretty it, cool. It won, some, it won some awards, and accolades, and got kind of big.
0: Oh, that's worse. I'd rather be not cool than be like a trend follower. So I'm just gonna throw it away. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> me. I'm okay with not being cool
2: and following that trend. You're doing the whole thirty you think
1: yeah you're part of a small group there bro no, 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 no i'm not i know that i'm not worried about that so because here's the thing man
2: since i can't drink since i can't drink the other day i went out and bought some cigars so i've got some cigars i figure i can't drink but i can smoke i can still get that that nice flavor in my mouth are you
1: smoking a cigar right now
2: i wish in I'm in that house, house? if i was outside
1: your tablet I can't smoke a cigar the in the
0: house. Yeah, it is, His tablet is—it's one of those wall tablets. You
1: got a wall tablet?
0: It doesn't. Yeah, yeah, got a wall tablet. It doesn't allow you, to you outside. outside. I got a wall
2: tablet. Oh, you
1: walk outside. There you go. So
2: look at that. This one. This one's like kind of a lighter one. <laughs> I'm going to be smoking uh, here in 30 days. I want to pair this with with a new whiskey. So I got to go buy another, another bottle of whiskey. And this one right here, I think I'm going to do tonight. You need a humidor. Just something small.
0: Yeah. We know what we can get him for Christmas now. You
2: need a little humidor box. Oh, I've I've got a small one. You
0: know, Juicy J's gotten into cigars and, and uh I've gotten to really like the, the smell of them and don't really smoke cigars, except ones with uh, Joe No. Joe No, the proprietor no, smoke, of Chubby Panda Bauhaus. Yes, Joe No, but Just you and when, I I when smoke cigars,
2: remember, at Cactus Moon. Did we? Yes, the sure. first, the very first night that uh, that uh,
0: metalhead played there. Huh? Yeah, I don't remember. Remember, that. we went with Jeremy and Jen. Sure, and, I remember uh, the basics it of a, it.
2: Well, okay, yeah, I remember a lot more than the basics, but I, yeah, we were pretty wasted that night because they didn't play any songs, and my waitress made sure that I was not without a beer the entire night.
0: I do remember, yeah, no, I remember that night where we thought we were going to go see them play, and that it was just more like a meet and greet hangout. This is going to be the new place they're going to perform right yeah and
2: then you remember of course that they called out two for one shots so you and I did shots of tequila and then that chick came by with the uh the cigars
0: yeah.
2: and you're like hey man want to smoke a cigar I'm like yeah <laughs>
0: I'm
2: like yes I do want to smoke a cigar
0: I do want to smoke a cigar man yeah. I was so sick after
2: that that's the night I threw up in the Trader Joe's parking lot
0: well, you know everybody has
2: Which
0: time? (laughs) Which time? Well,
2: I did it twice, so... Actually, I did it twice that night.
0: Let's do this third song, get it out of the way, and then rock our uh, honorable mentions, because I bet we have some interesting ones.
2: All right. So, had you either one of you ever heard of this next song before? Before this, or
0: I had never heard of this song before. The song coming up is Sam Stone from John Prine.
1: What just happened to Mike?
0: That's what you get when you don't have beverages, you know, and and the wife is keeping you, you know, on a on a short leash, right? Where'd he go? I can hear you guys. Can you hear oh, me? Oh, damn I it! <laughs>
2: Your picture went away. It was yeah. Like the picture a thing went away, but I can still I can hear the sound. audio.
0: Well, he took his pants off, so he took the picture away.
2: It's true. It's true. Hey, Billy Joel What's was talking about really? masturbating. Well was he?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I was actually pretty surprised to hear that lyric, like in there. It's so blatant. Is That's
1: not I know,
2: for Billy Joel. Was, yeah.
0: Right? Arbic, I think you have a bad internet connection.
2: I probably do have a bad internet
0: connection because without your video, your audio is a little better. Oh really? Yes.
2: It honestly is. All right. That's cool.
0: No, not really, but I mean, it's just a fact. Well, you can,
2: you can queue up the song.
0: Okay. Uncle Charlie, count us into uh, the Sam Stone jam.
1: Okay, here we go on the last part of our three-part journey. We hope you've enjoyed it so far. Just kick your seats back and get ready to listen along to Sam Stone in three, two,
0: one.
2: <laughs> it almost sounds churchy at first.
0: Well, it's that, that church organ for sure, yeah. Yeah, oh
2: it yeah. sounds like it's
1: from Old Brother Warehouse
2: Oh, yeah, I can see
1: that. Ah, I'm a camera man.
0: Yeah.
2: Right with the morphine.
0: Yeah.
1: This is about PTSD.
0: Oh, it's it's absolutely... and it paints no it doesn't pull any punches like straight up purple heart monkey on his back it's really direct
1: yeah it, that, which this war was, is this talking about? the nom had to be a nom there's a hole in his arm where all his money goes yeah I mean, you know what it brings to mind is the uh, scene out of Flatliners in the '80s where she finds the dad
2: in the bathroom shooting up
0: dude I love that movie
2: I did too you know what's sad, is it sounds like he's talking about this from a kid's point of view in a way.
0: Mmm. Wow. That Cause does make there's a sad. hole in daddy's arm. Yeah. There's one line in this that I don't get, and it's part of the, the chorus, I think. Which which line is that? Uh it's something about the broken radios. I don't really like that kind of sitar sound back there
2: no the whole thing has got a weird sound to it and this guy's voice too It's like really like like Charlie said kind of oh brother where art thou
0: if you don't like oh brother where there," um, it was nice knowing you
2: I never said that I didn't like oh brother where art thou? I just said this guy's got a weird voice kind of like that <laughs> I love oh brother where art thou
0: dude it's so good
2: What does that mean when he popped his last balloon? Is he a drug mule?
0: That's another heroin thing, right?
1: Yeah, that's definitely that's just how he got it. I
2: wouldn't know. I haven't done all the drugs like you get.
1: Wow. So yeah, he was cooking it.
2: This is kind of sad, too, right? Paints an image, the flag-draped casket.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: This is about the draft. It's a sad line. Yeah,
1: this is about nihilism.
2: Yeah, I think, again, he's talking about, like, from a kid's perspective. Little pitchers have big ears. Like kids hear everything. So what's he mean by the
0: sweet songs don't last on broken radios? What's that line about? Sweet songs never last too long on broken radios? Yeah.
2: I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe it's just like, you know, broken radio can only pick up the sad songs.
1: Or Well, it could also just describe a chaotic home life. Right?
0: Yeah.
2: But it just, it just might be
1: a, a metaphor for home. I mean, a broken
0: radio, you know, the, the happy times go by too fast. The sweet songs don't last on a broken radio.
1: So, here's what I'll say. I love things about that song. I just don't like the tune at all. I like the tune part of it. I don't like the, the, the melody. I like the, lyrics I think the message is good I wish it were in a different format sung by somebody else
0: I like that meaningful. one it, that one is the one that of these three most takes me kind of to a sad place like yeah like that empathy, one definitely makes my heart
1: me heart for that guy for Yes, that, that for who that's about for that being real for that being something I can imagine you know it's mm-hmm. right out of porn on the 4th of July
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I could see that. Of the three, it's the one that where he sounds like he's got some experience with it and means it the most. Like, um, I don't know. It, it, it definitely makes... It rings something true. Something about it rings true. that yeah, it, The other ones know, are just it, kind of it, relaxing and a, hollow.
1: Yeah, I got to say it out of depth because of... Uh, you know who gets extra brownie points and gold stars? Arvin. Talking about the perspective being from a child's point of view. Yes. Yeah. It really pulls down that mood. It pulls at your heartstrings when you think of it from that
2: point. Well, I that's what makes it sadder, is that it seems like it's from a kid's point of view.
1: Listen, you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right.
2: Yeah, that's kind of tough.
1: Yeah. Hard to make fun of the, the the content and the topics. kind of pertinent now in a weird way. You know? Yeah. And um, I, it's about PTSD and, and loss. And Man, Mike, you're right. I think you hit it on the head. I think it's from a kid's point of view sad that's a that's that's, actually
0: a sad that's that such a poignant out, really. yeah it stands out easily amongst those three um but mike's point there yeah it's so poignant and paints it in such a new light like mm-hmm. there's nothing really more to be said there but if you look no, at it from that point of view yeah it's heartbreaking
1: you know mike every uh, every push. so often amongst all the crazy ridiculous shit you say <laughs> you, you say something amazing and you just did
2: Hey man, every now and then I
1: come up with a gem or two. That's
0: why you That's keep so him cool. around.
1: <laughs> it was a real gem, dude. Yeah. It was nice. It was. It was good. Was. It really caught me off guard. I didn't, I didn't think of that myself at all. That was really perceptive.
0: I'm going like to listen that. to more Thanks, sad man. songs now because of that, man. I'm going to be sad. I'm <laughs> going to be sad tonight.
2: It's going to be a weird Google search later. Yeah. <laughs> <that song. laughs> try, try to find the poignancy in every song. Sad That's songs
0: really cool. from a children's point of view.
2: Yeah. The song is about <laughs> loss and drug overdoses. But from the perspective of a child,
1: <laughs> and Spotify search go. <laughs> well,
2: you, you know what? Like, immediately springs to mind talking about songs from a child's point of view is uh, No different strokes. No. Uh, sh- shoot, who's that? Who's who's the band that sings Santa Monica? What?
1: I don't know. Who's... I don't know the
2: song entirely. Uh, I, uh, okay. Let me see. Oh, Everclear. Everclear's got some songs like that. Oh. Like there's that one father of Father of Mine or something.
0: You know which one? The dad Leaves. Um, they sing that song Wonderful. That one. Yeah. That one is terribly heartbreaking because he sings about Star that Wars is- posters, man. That that I like, yeah, identify it with, man. Yeah, that's a
2: sad yeah. song, man. That one that one should probably be in this book if it's not in there already.
0: Yeah, like mommy and daddy are fighting again. He's just like, I want everyone to be wonderful again. I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, but yeah, he, he's, yeah. thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks for really bringing it home on the you know, I Hate Myself, I, I, I Want to Die episode. You
2: know, I thought
0: give you a reason to, uh, to drink. To well, not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get some uh, honorable mentions out of the way and And shuffle this one on off to Buffalo. Michael, do you have some honorable mentions? Because it's not like Uh, there are very many songs about drugs and alcohol.
2: There's very few. Very few, in fact. But the first thing that sprung to my mind was White Rabbit.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah.
2: Uh, Was that Jefferson Airplane? Wow. Um, And then, uh, believe it or not, Guns N' Roses, Mr.
0: Brownstone. Oh, son of a bitch. That's a good one. I love that one.
1: Three-pointer. God yeah that's a good gotta one. love that
0: gotta love that whenever I think about how much like some of these drug songs are really catchy and awesome that's one that always comes to mind and the fact that I didn't pick that one makes me hate and love you just a Dude, little bit
2: that's that's one of my favorites right yeah. there and then of course uh, white wedding
0: what what's that about
2: it's about weddings when we talked about weddings earlier <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: I think I think Silver Mike lost a few points. Yeah. Right there.
2: You know what? That's uh, okay. I made I I made up for that with Mr. Brownstone. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Brownstone's gonna carry you into the end zone, man. You're gonna go across the line with that one. <laughs>
2: nice.
1: Nice. I I mentioned mine earlier. Under the bridge is is probably I thought the flagship store you know the, the the face of that whole um genre to me mm-hmm. i don't know if a song that is at least in terms of ones that are very popular it's a huge hit huge song totally about singing about drugs i i don't think anybody could hear a few bars of that song and not immediately just want to go along singing it that's
2: my that's my honorable mention yeah
0: it's how out of touch no, right. I Go ahead.
2: I thought of that one too, and I also thought of uh, "A Rehab" by uh, Amy Winehouse. Mm-hmm. Although I, I kind of like, I was on the fence about that one because I'm like, ah, oh, she's talking more about rehab than the drugs themselves, but I think it still kind of applies.
0: Mm-hmm. Charlie, did you have any more honorable mentions?
1: No man, I I only thought of the one. I mean, I could probably think of a couple more. Give me a sec, but oh, no. that's, the <laughs> I, I, that's the one I'm pinning mine on. That's you know, I'm, I think it's really, I think it to me that's the 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 first choice for me that pops in my head is under.
0: Didn't they have like a really close friend or like a I, I yeah, or maybe that, it was that, a previous oh, guitarist. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's and I I mean I think it was. I don't know. It's incredibly well-written. It's an incredible tune. You know, it's, it's a damn near perfect song.
0: It's really great, but I am going to dock them a few points on that one, just because after that song hit, the Chili Peppers were just never funky again. That's true. You know, they were still, they wrote some good tracks, but it's just like ever after under yeah,
1: you're right. You're right. It just
0: never got funky. Not like some Apache Rose Peacock or anything. None of that never happened. It never happened again. And I was sad. Right. Uh, so my first honorable mention is Heroin, Velvet Underground. I mean, oh, wow. painting it is like right on Front Street. Here you go, Heroin. But that song builds and twists and turns. And as an eighth grader, before ever having a sip of even whiskey or anything, like listening to that song, it was such a wild ride. Just it was like, is that what drugs are like? And, and I don't know what's going on. And it's just, it, I really love that song. And I have friends who, and family members that have struggled with that drug and I've never touched it because it's very scary to me. I would hate to ever encounter that, um, that kind of addiction and that level of uh, difficulty. But that song is just really something. It's incredibly well orchestrated and it, I, 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 hesitate to say that it puts you in that mindset because i don't know and i don't want to assume because of like i said I've, I've known people who've struggled with the drug and i would hate to ever try and put myself like in any way uh coming from their perspective do you know what i'm saying do you get what i'm saying i, I would never want to say it, yeah no i do I but that's what i feel when i listen product. to
1: that you say you don't know i mean you you can you can say what you you know what you get out of it and that you imagine right but I don't know either. I don't know
0: either. But that song is really yeah. something. It's really it's awesome. a trip. And then my uh, next, I had a really hard time because there are really some great ones. I'm gonna say "Snowblind" by Black Sabbath. Super, super great yeah. one. So and, you
1: were back. You were back a, uh, a few decades from <laughs> where we were.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's ahead. where that stuff originates for me. Like way back, way back. Uh, so I'm gonna yeah, drop one that's a little more modern then. And and when I say modern, it's still forty years old. <laughs> Isn't wow. that sad? Isn't that sad? It's probably not forty years old, but uh, Master of Puppets, Master of Puppets Metallica. Oh, like that oh, track. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Another cocaine song. Nice. And then of course wow. the list could go on and on. But those are my top like yeah. those are some good drug songs. Well
2: you know, Here's have you ever read uh, have you ever read the book <laughs> a Scanner Darkly? No. Philip oh, K. Wow, Dick. Yeah. You should, you should so, if you ever read it. that book, that book is about some some guys, and it's about them being on drugs and stuff. And
1: that'll trip you out
2: after like reading that book, man. Like, yeah. like I don't know if it's a good description or not for being on a drug trip, but it certainly felt like it was. Hmm. It was an interesting book. They actually did a movie of it too with Keanu Reeves and I think mm-hmm. uh, Robert Downey Jr. It's like
0: that animated kind of thing.
2: Cell shaded. Yeah, yeah, it was an animated mm-hmm. kind of one. Cell shaded. Yeah. I never saw the movie, but I read the book, and it was trippy. It was good. Woody
1: Harrelson, Winona Ryder. It was a all star cast. It was a totally different filming style. It had this um, live action comic book sort of feel to it, like an aha video on on <laughs> acid trip. It was really kind of <laughs> on hot cocaine hot.
2: on crack.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really trippy, and it was it was meant to deliver that. So I I kind of I'm a huge movie fan, so I like that kind of. Um, experimentation mm-hmm. where they're gonna use that filming style to deliver i guess it was a really good way to make you feel like you were in that trip with them mm-hmm. you well, know like, as like i said if you if you read the book that them. that was
2: based on i mean the book does that too it makes you feel yeah. like you're on some type of a drug trip it
1: was a really creative way to try to break the fourth wall right like they're trying to pull you into that experience while you're there and here's a funny thing about it it may be that that when like kind of like we're touching on with the music, it may have been where the people who put together the the cinematic concept for it came up with it influenced by drugs <laughs> and maybe even had gone so far as to create it for primarily for people who would enjoy it also on those kinds of drugs. you know, so like like
0: a laser light show to Pink Floyd.
1: Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but that's that's kind of what I, I I imagine when I watch it. That's why I like that kind of movie. Even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, there's gonna be stuff you don't you do know, put together there, but the acting's there. It's interesting as hell. It's um, and the visuals are just weird. They're weird, and the message is received. Like it's it's worth watching. I'll check it it's out. Not, you know, yeah, you should try it out, man. Try it out.
0: Try it out. And that's a great message to end on when we're talking about songs about drugs and alcohol use. Try it out. Try it out. <laughs> try it out. <laughs> Not don't, really. Don't you knock until you try I don't it. Know. <laughs> try it out. Well, my mom always said, How do you know you don't like those lima beans until you try them? And I was like, Well, I'm
1: look, right. there's no better way to know that drugs and alcohol are bad by trying them. You got to try them first. You know they're bad
0: after. A friend of mine forwarded a a great T-shirt to me the other day. It said, that's a horrible idea. What time?
2: Right. (laughs) Actually, the funny thing is that sounds like a lot of our nights drinking, Mitch.
0: That's what I'm saying. I was like, it couldn't have been more perfectly for it. I was like, this is is unfortunately kind of the story of many weekends. You know, I didn't expect for
1: this episode to be as diverse and uh, interesting and I think it's funny because it really did go uh, a little global with some stuff but it's all connected it was uh, in that last <laughs> song with Mike's input is now like it's heavy for me I've yeah. still got it up right
0: well I think it's a, it's a it's a good topic it's an interesting topic it's a worthwhile topic I think that Thanks for listening with us people yeah sure. definitely uh we'll revisit I think in uh, you know, future podcasts and because we, we always end up talking about music. It seems like in the the red room and uh, it's a big part of my life. And I know these guys as well. So uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that.
1: Oh, man, It's a good note to, to wrap that episode on, I think.
0: Indeed. We're like drugs. We're expanding people's minds. (laughs) That does uh, wrap us up. So uh, all you uh, ruminators out there, don't forget to join us uh, at our social medias, the Instagram, the Twitter, check us out. uh, Ruminations. Yeah. And (laughs) don't see, you dropped a little nugget earlier, but this will be this. That's fine. Let's go ahead and we'll give them a little hint, a little taste of what's to come. Uh, You guys are all going to have to check out launching in October. Should we, should we drop them the name or should we just? You know, coming up.
1: Let's just say, maybe, maybe just let it, it, let it ruminate. Let them ruminate on for a little love. bit. We'll give you little gems to ruminate on for sure.
0: More of what you love. More of what we love. So please.
1: We're going to give you more content. You got a lot to look forward
0: to. Um, <laughs> so please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, and remember, folks, let a smile be your umbrella. Peace.
1: You've been listening to Ruminations from the Red Room, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. If you like this cast or want to find some other great topics, join me, Optimus, host of the Retro Futurist Culture, for great discussions on all things retro future. Check it out and all of our other awesome podcasts at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.